Wake up with Patty Catter. I love the show. I never miss an episode. It's the best. I turn it on and turn it up. You're listening to and watching Wake Up with Patty Catter, and I am your host, Patty Catter. Today I have on my show, Nate Bailey. He is a military veteran and he has his own podcast. Welcome to the show, Nate. Hey, thanks, Patty, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you. Tell everybody what the name of your podcast is, first of all. Oh, yeah, you bet. Uh, Name of the podcast is Championship Leadership. Awesome. So before we go into what your podcast is about, let's go into you a little bit. Uh, Tell our listeners a tiny bit about yourself, where you grew up, how you grew up, and we'll take it from there. Okay, you bet. So, well, I grew up in in Wisconsin. I, I was born in Milwaukee and we lived with my grandparents actually for a little bit until I was about five. And then my mom and I moved up to northern Wisconsin, small town, middle of nowhere. Um, and that's really where I ended up growing up was uh, northern Wisconsin. Uh, my mom ended up getting remarried when I was shortly thereafter. And, and uh so they're they're still together after all of these years, but um, but yeah, I grew up in in the Northwoods of Wisconsin, uh, small town, um, which is kind of cool, right? It's especially today, fast paced. Um, it feels like we're always kind of on the go. So whenever I go back, I guess home, right back to to that place, um, it's just uh, it it feels like there's a heavy weight that's lifted because it's a little bit more stress-free and easy going up there. So I always like going back. Mm-hmm. So how were you as a kid? Would you say, were you outgoing? Were you shy? Did you ever in a million years think that you would have your own podcast? Uh, no, probably not. Especially thinking back to, to being a little, a young boy, I was very shy. I remember, I remember a lot of instances where people would, and my mom's not shy, right? She's kind of the opposite, very social. And, and, um, and so as a child, yeah, we'd be in a lot of different social settings and, and, and I, I, for whatever reason, like I would just not say hi to people and then they would, and then it was almost a game to get them to speak to me. And I guess maybe in a way I would probably dig my heels and even deeper, but, um, I think I grew out of that a bit as I got older, um, was very active in sports, love playing, you know, any, any sport that I could play, I, I was, I was out there doing it. And, uh, you know, as a kid, I wanted to be a professional athlete, which never happened, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, I wasn't super outgoing. So to, and then like, even into high school, having to get up in front of a class and talk and, and do speeches from time to time, deathly afraid, like froze up a lot got all red in the face and like, it was a horrible experience. And so for me to, to go from that to, to now being a coach and a speaker and talking in front of groups, um, it was a definite evolution to get to where I'm at today, but I wouldn't have guessed it, uh, then as a kid knowing how I was. Mm -hmm. So how did you decide, or when did you decide to join the military? Um, well, yeah, that's, I I played college football and, um, after I finished my last year of football, I still had some school to go. I I transferred a few times and, and I was there probably more for the the football experience than than the college experience. Um, and so I was kind of looking for that next challenge because all of my life I had, like I said, I was very active in sports and it you know, athletics and training was always kind of competition was 
was my thing. And so when football ended, I think there was a little piece of me that was looking for something like I had a hole that I needed to fill. I don't know that I ever really grew up with this strong desire to be in the military, but you know, I was still had school to go. They had, they were offering a lot of benefits. I was looking for a challenge. And so I decided kind of on a whim to go and join the army when I was in school, army national guard actually. And uh, so that I could go to school and, and be in the military and, you know, and uh, take advantage of a lot of what they had to offer as well. So uh, that was back in 1999. Ooh, before the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Just before April 3rd, I believe, was the my uh, my swear-in date where I joined officially. Isn't that funny? One of my kids recently mentioned the eight or the 1800s, and I was like, "What are you talking about?" And they're like, <laughs> "I mean, like the 80s." And I'm like, "That's not. <laughs> that's still not the 1800s." Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> Uh, um, so would you say that your military experience, um, prompted you or made you stronger as far as being able to speak in front of people or where did you notice that little transition? I think the transition really probably started as I got into those last couple of years in high school, again, going back to sports and becoming a leader, uh, as a captain of some of the teams and, and really having the strongest desire to win and, and have some successful seasons, uh, in, in high school athletics, I started to come out of my shell a little bit and, and got a little bit more vocal on the field, which started to translate to off the field. Although I remember being in college and taking a uh, communications class, essentially a speech class and, and uh, still having some of those issues, but working through them. And then, you know, when I joined the army, I enlisted at first and I did what they called split options. So I did basic training, then I was going to go back to school for the year and then come back and do my AIT, which is essentially your job qualification school. Whereas typically people would do basic and then go right to AIT. So split option had me go back to school before AIT. And while I was back at school and going to drill on the weekends, um, I found out that there was this thing called OCS, Officer Candidate School, and uh, to become an officer and a leader. And, and, and so that, that was another challenge that, that uh, kind of intrigued me. And I jumped into that. And of course, that, you know, you're, you're placed, whether you like it or not, I mean, to be a leader, especially in the Army, uh, to become an officer, you're going to be in front of people all the time. Communication is huge. Um, living and uh, leading your life by example is is what that's all about. And so that was probably that and becoming a teacher, right? I decided to become a teacher um, as well. So in the midst of becoming a teacher and going out to schools to help and to student teach and becoming an officer, all of those, I think, really forced my hand to become um, okay with being in front of people and leading people. And I love to impact people. And so as a byproduct of that, you know, whether you like it or not, you have to get comfortable with some of those things that may have been uncomfortable to you before. Mm -hmm. um, were you ever deployed or did you ever leave your home area while you were in the military? Yeah, I, I left home a number of times for training. Um, of course, basic training being that first opportunity to do that. But then as an officer, um, a number of times, the longest probably being about four months for officer basic course out in Maryland. And then, yes, was deployed in, uh, I believe it got, we got shipped out on, in August of 2005 to Mississippi for like three months 
to train up for deployment. And then we landed in Kuwait for our year long deployment after that um, in November. So about 15 months was the longest deployment that I had and was gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things that I like to ask my military veterans who are on the show is when you enlisted into the military or when you joined the military at the beginning, did you do it for adventure or you mentioned that you did it mostly for help with the schooling, correct? Yeah, it was, uh, that was, that was a part of it, but I think really, it was really just kind of trying to find that next challenge, fill the void that, that football had filled for me for so long. (laughs) And I just said, you know, I didn't realize how much time regular college students had on their hands if they didn't have football every day that they had to go to or off season training that they had to go to every day. Um, I didn't know what to do with it. And so I decided to join the army to see and then I was also like, I don't, you know, can I do this? What, you know, I have these, these preconceived ideas of what basic training would be. And do I have what it takes to make it through that and become a soldier? Um, so it was really more so that just, just tr- uh, looking for that next challenge and seeing if I had what it would take to, to step up to that. Mm-hmm. One of the questions I asked my guests also is what is one trial that you can think of that you've been through in your life and how did you overcome that trial or are you still working on it? Man, lots of trials. Um, and constantly, I think, trying to improve upon all of them. Um, but, you know, in 2018, I decided to, to sign up for a hundred mile race. Um, again, it was kind of the same thing as joining the military. It was just this idea of like, I don't know, this it's, it sounds very daunting and in a huge challenge and, uh, very difficult. And I wonder if I could do it. And so uh, I decided in March of 2018 to sign up for this race in Wisconsin. It was a very difficult 100 mile race. I didn't know what I was doing. So I signed up for not the the first 100 mile race you'd want to sign up for. It was very challenging, like a lot of elevation. And, uh, but regardless, I didn't know. So I just signed up and that was in June. So I really only had like three months to to try and prepare for this. And so I failed, you know, I I didn't make it. I made it hundred K, which is about 63 miles, which was still an awesome accomplishment, but also a failure. And, um, you know, there was many times in my life where I've said I was going to do something and I didn't follow through. I didn't, I didn't do it. Right. And, and, uh, over the years, especially over the last six years of really diving into personal development and, and, uh, investing in myself to become a better person, um, in all areas of life, uh, I realized the importance of being your word. And when you tell someone you're going to do something, especially yourself, that you follow through on that, there's just a lot of power in, in becoming that type of a person. And so um, I, I failed. So I signed up for another race like a month and a half later in in uh, in the end of July of that year in Cleveland called the Burning River 100. Again, a horrible race to sign up for, very challenging. And uh, I, I made it like 76 miles and I just, I couldn't, I couldn't go any further. And so I, uh, I failed again. And this time I'm like, man, what are you doing? This is like, that's enough. Um, but I learned that like, now I'm going to go finish this thing. Like no matter how many times it takes me, I'm going to, you know, it's important that I accomplish this goal, this outcome that I had for myself. And so in October, I went out to Salt Lake city, uh, there's a pony express 100, the, the trail that they used to have for the pony express. And it was, a uh, the course was a little bit, uh, mo- more moderate, 
than the first two. And I had a lot of experience that I had learned, a lot of lessons that I had learned through uh, those first five or six months and two failed attempts and hundreds of miles of training and finally was was successful. But I continued to just persevere and continued to keep moving forward until uh, I was able to be successful. So I take a ton of lessons from that experience over the six, seven months that it took me to do that, uh, that carry over into everything I do now today. That's incredible. I don't think I could ever even imagine <laughs> running a, a hundred miles, not even walking it. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the same thing for me in the beginning. Just like, you know, it was two miles. was a crazy thought in my head to go and do. And then, you know, as you do things, I'm sure you can relate to this in, in different areas of your life. There's, there's things that are new to you that you, that you do. And then all of a sudden it just kind of becomes normal, right? Like it's mm -hmm. not that big of a deal where for someone else that hasn't, doesn't have that experience, it's kind of, again, they, they have those same thoughts. Like, man, I don't know if I could do that, but you know, hundreds, like thousands of people had done it before me. So I knew I could do it. Like I knew it's possible. Mm -hmm. I just had to figure out how to, how to. That's incredible. And it is just like everything you do in life. Um, I remember my kids when they were little, I would say, you know, you need to make your bed every single day and it yeah. becomes a routine. Yes. Um, yeah. Running is a little bit different. <laughs> yes, it is. I mean, yeah. I have a vehicle. I'll just use that. <laughs> yeah. A little more effort required than making a bed for sure. But <laughs> yes. yeah. So tell us about your podcast and how you ended up. How did you start your podcast? Or why did you? Yeah, I was actually working with some good friends of mine, uh, I used to actually Joe Williams, Joe and Allison Williams. Joe used to work with Tony Robbins. He was a senior trainer for a long time. So he was helping me with some things, figuring out my message. Uh, and again, this was back in, this was right around the same time back in 2018 and trying to find a way to reach out to more people to build an audience for my business. And, and the idea of a podcast came up. And uh, so, we, you know, i I'm big into leadership. Obviously, the name of the podcast is Championship Leadership and trying to figure out the name for it. And, and uh, I love talking to people. I love learning from other people's experiences. You know, just like you asked me about uh, a difficulty in my life or uh, maybe a failure that I've learned from. That's one of the main questions I ask uh, my guests as well. And I just I just love talking to people from all walks of life with different experiences, different industries and to learn their story where they came from and how they learned from it and who's impacted them. And so uh, partly, yes, it was because of the business, but also partly uh, a little bit uh, selfishly uh, to learn from others as well. Right. It's just a great opportunity to get people to give you some time so that you can learn from them. Uh, so I probably get more benefit from this podcast than anyone else. Cause I get to sit down and actually have the conversations uh, but yeah, it, the, the name championship leadership, actually, Joe was the one that came up with it. And at first it was a little bit, I wasn't sure that I liked it because it was championship leadership, ship, ship. And, uh, but I've grown to love it, obviously. And uh, it's been a little more, little over three years now that I've been going with it. So it's really catchy. And I agree. I think it's so important to learn from other people's stories and I wish more people would do that. Actually, yeah. uh, I do have a good listenership. I have a lot of people listening who really um, just drink in the knowledge that my guests are yeah. giving. And I'm sure that I have some runners listening to this. Actually, my nephew, he runs in marathons all the time okay. and his wife, they're crazy about it. I mean, they wore running shoes on their wedding day. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yes. yeah. They're, they're yeah. Uh, 
they're definitely dedicated. And marathons is that's a whole different ball game, right? Like mm-hmm. how hundred miles is, you know, there's a lot of walking involved, especially for me. And, but you know, it's just like slow and you just keep going marathons, especially for, for someone that's fairly competitive. If you're wearing running shoes to your wedding, you're probably <laughs> a pretty competitive marathoner and they're like, they're going 26 miles. Isn't a joke. And they're moving at a high clip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a whole different ball game. So I have a lot of respect for marathon runners. Yeah. They're amazing. Um, so I just really appreciate you being on the show. First of all, I have to say that, and I appreciate your insight too, and you sharing your story. I think it's really important. And I'm sure that those listening, if you have a trial, you can kind of compare your trial to Nathan's story about running. Um, you know, you might fail a few times, but just keep going and be persistent. Um, Nathan, do you have any words of encouragement for our audience today? Yeah, I would say, um, Along this journey, going back to the power of being your word, I created what I call the integrity bank. It was just a way for me to um, create those 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 wins every single day where if I say I'm going to do something every time I, that I do it, right? And they don't have to be big, huge things, just the littlest things like getting up when you say you're going to, working out when you say you're going to, um, making the phone call when you say you're going to, showing up like ahead of time, not being late, just all those little tiny things that you can do that are simple that anyone can do, but that sets you apart from everybody else. Cause a lot of people fail to do the, the simple things that set us apart. So um, every day that I do something that I said I was going to do, especially to myself and, and, and also to others, of course, is, is like making a deposit into my integrity bank. And for too long, I went, and I was taking withdrawals from my integrity bank, but I didn't have any money, right? You do that with your bank account, you, you, you overdraw, you get overdraft fees. And, and before you know it, like life is miserable. It's the same thing with our word. Every day that you keep your word to yourself and to others, you're making deposits. And over time, that balance builds up because you there will be a time when you're going to have to make a withdrawal. Life happens, unexpected things happen and come up where you have to you know, break a uh, a promise that you made to somebody or to yourself. And the importance is, is that you have the capital there to, to make the withdrawal, but then also you just get back the next day and, and you get back on track and you start making those withdrawals again and you build up that balance in your integrity bank by being your word. And so uh, when you can become your word to the point where you tell somebody you're going to do it, like they know that it's already going to happen before you, before you do it because of how you've showed up over a long period of time. Right. They can count on you when you tell them that you're going to do something because of who you've been over a long period of time. That's because you're making those deposits into your integrity bank. So hopefully that helps people that might be struggling with with, uh, you know, doing those simple little things every day and get into that routine, like making your bed. That's that's a prime example of making that uh, deposit into your integrity bank every day. Man, I really like that. So do you actually have a collection of little notes that you keep? Because I think that would be a good idea for anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I like that. I, uh, I had a friend once told me that I needed to take like a brag book to an interview and I had never heard of that before. Okay. Yeah. Ever since then, I, I kind of keep adding to that book of different things that I've done because you forget too. you, you, uh, I think for me, I have a lot of pressure on myself. You know, I'm, I'm always my hardest critic. I think we all yeah, are. Right. And we kind of forget all the great things that we've done. And so it's perfect to go back and look at those things. 
I actually like the idea of getting like a little jar, you know, like uh, some of the families do in the military, they'll put in deployment days, you know, they'll, they'll count mm-hmm. down. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I love that, Nate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, you could, that would, you, you could have a jar where like every time you, you keep a promise to yourself, it's a good visual of like, all right, you know, those, those pieces of paper as a jar fills up, you know, that you're making those deposits and being your word uh, would be a pretty powerful representation, but you're right. Like we also just, dis- you know, I discredit myself. So I love the idea of the, the break book because oftentimes I'll discredit a lot of the things that I do, or I won't like to talk about them because maybe it feels like I'm bragging, right. Or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, that's just a story that that we create that, uh, for ourselves. It's, it's, it's okay to, to let people know the experiences that we've had and, and maybe it inspires or helps, helps them. Right. Yeah. And you know, I've learned it's really important too, because I figure someday I'm not going to be here. Right. Yeah. And my kids can take that book that I've made and think like, wow, look at all the things that she did and maybe it will right. inspire them. Um, and I like the idea of an integrity bank. I legit think I'm going to do this, Nate. Um, is <laughs> That's to, awesome. Get a container or something to put these little notes in, because if you have a bad day too, you can just reach in there and grab one of those things that you've done out and read that and reflect on that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love it. I might do that now. You should should do this. I love it. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for being on the show and everybody listening. If you want, you can go to Nate's website and I highly encourage you to do so. It's natebailey.org. And, um, Nate, what can people find when they go to your website and what do you do? Like, can people hire you to do public speaking or what do you offer on your site? Yeah, absolutely. Um, go to my site. You can connect with me on social media, um, get a free copy of my book, uh, audio book called the 100 mile mindset, completely free, um, podcast episodes, blog articles. Uh, and also what I do for a living is I'm a coach and a speaker. So yes, you can hire me as a speaker as well as I work with corporations and companies and business owners and entrepreneurs, essentially on, on leadership and leading themselves at a high level so that they can go out and impact and lead others as well. And just really kind of help people take people to their, in their life and their business to the next level. I love it. Nate, thank you very much for your time and everybody who's listening. Um, again, Nate's site is natebailey.org. And you'll see it in the show notes. You're going to see it on the screen when you're watching on Amazon TV or Roku. And everybody, thank you so much for joining us. And Nate, thank you for joining us. You've been amazing. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Wake Up with Patty Catter. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. Follow Patty at Patty Catter on Facebook and Instagram. Get social. You can now watch Wake Up with Patty Catter on Amazon TV and Roku. It's the only podcast I listen to. Be sure to check out Patty's apparel line, The Patriotic Mermaid at thepatrioticmermaid.com and on social media at The Patriotic Mermaid. I love it.